0: Showtime!
1: voice has been compared to the likes of Martina McBride, Jennifer Nettles, and Patty Griffin. And when she first appeared on The Voice, Adam Levine nearly threw his back out from turning his chair around in just under three seconds. (laughs) Please welcome to the
0: Rosie and Bill Show from Glenn Olden, PA, by way of Nashville, Tennessee, Audrey McLaughlin. Audrey, welcome to the show.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to um, to be on the show. It, it means a lot that you guys asked me to do this. Appreciate
1: it. I'll tell you, you know, I get ex- We've had some incredible guests on the show, Audra, and, and I am so happy and privileged for every single one that comes on. But every once in a while, we'll have a guest where I get a little bit extra excited. So I'll try to keep as calm as possible. But I'm really pumped about having you on the show.
3: Oh, thank you and- so much. Too.
2: I think it's so cool. I, I love the... You know the Pennsylvania and the Delco connection it's just you know it's I love um, I love the whole hometown connection it's awesome
1: yeah and we're going to get into uh, a little bit of that a little bit later because we've got a lot of stuff that we want to talk with you about but if you don't mind I'd like to start with that that moment that I just spoke about when introducing you and when you were on the voice and I talked about how Adam turned around at like record speed and by, <laughs> the time, by the time you hit that last high note, you were standing across from eight eyeballs looking at you and four <laughs> judges all been begging you to join their team. How did that feel?
2: Whew. I just remember, I, I always describe it as like, I feel like I just totally was like in a dream because it, it was one of those moments that like, I've, I even had to watch it back to like, remember like, oh my God, where was my head in that moment? I think really like what it was, was like, don't forget the words, don't forget the words, don't forget the words. And then just seeing all four staring at me was like, Oh my gosh, like, is this really happening? <laughs> so I think I just remember like when I watched it back, I, I was laughing at myself because I just laughed the whole time. Cause I was so nervous and I was like, I can't believe this is happening. You know? And then uh, watching my parents reaction was just so, so cool because they had, you know, always waited for a moment like that for, you know, for my career, because they've always been so supportive. So yeah that was a pretty crazy moment for sure it's still it's, it's still unreal that that it even happened.
0: <laughs> I mean that's got to be incredible because you work so hard and uh years ago, my bandmate did make it to the blind auditions there and and I remember how grueling the schedule was for all of you performing. <laughs> I mean, it's you're crazy. up four in the morning, you're singing at ungodly hours really early when, you know, most of the time, most people aren't even awake yet. Yeah. What was that process like?
2: Oh, yeah, That's, that was a lot. I think it was kind of like a sort of a crash course to the music business because, I mean, I was 20, 21 years old and I had never been on television before, you know? So, I mean, for me, it was definitely a learning process because we were up, like you said, like four in the morning doing interviews with NBC and different news networks, like in our hometowns and like just different places and stuff like that. And, um, and then we were like heading to like choreography and then we were in vocal lessons and then, you know, we had to be in our hotel rooms a lot rehearsing our songs that we had to memorize because, you know, can't mess up on live TV. (laughs) I mean, people, it, it happens, but you know, it'd be super, super embarrassing for that. But yeah, it was definitely a grueling schedule. There was a lot of times where I just remember sitting like, it was like one o'clock in the morning and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. And like, we're like not finished like any of like the interview process yet. And then we like, I remember we had to be up back early,
0: like the next day. Like there's a reason it's a a younger business. Like there's a reason (laughs) Oh, because you really do need stamina.
2: Yeah. And I think that's where like a lot of like things that they teach us too is to, um, keep your immune system up. You know, like when I was on the show, I mean, we, we drank a lot of water. Um, we took a ton of vitamins and, you know, we, we worked out, like we just kind of kept our, our immune systems built because the thing with that is that you're in a hotel room with like another person. And if they get sick, you're going to probably get sick mm-hmm. and you don't want to get sick while you're in the middle of a competition. Cause I mean, it, it happened to a few people and, um, some people like had the flu and still had to go on stage. I mean, it was crazy. So you know, you're in those hotel rooms, and, you, and there's not like ventilation, really. So you have to just really like take care of yourself and your immune system is, is really, really important when you're in that
0: process. Audra, before we leave this particular topic, mm-hmm. so you, you ended up being on Team Blake, mm-hmm. even though he was, well, he was the second one to turn around. So yeah, <laughs> so that's good. Uh, did you go in knowing you wanted to work with him?
2: I did, I remember um, when I had the interview process with the producers, um, there was like 50 producers and you you go and it's so nerve wracking because literally all they do is stare and they make no face expression whatsoever. And um, I remember Michelle McNulty, the casting director asked me, you know, so who do you think, who do you think, you know, you would pick? And I just blurted out Blake and they were like, okay, good answer. (laughs) And then they sent me on my merry way, but I just knew from the beginning, I, I just wanted to pursue a career in country, and, you know, and I just felt like um, Blake would be the best to kind of lead me in that, in that direction, and I was happy, I mean, I, I would have been happy to be on anybody's team, you know, that was a super cool experience, but yeah, I was I was glad I got to work with Blake, he was super sweet.
1: You know, Audra, I just, I wanted to just throw one other thing out there, too, with regard to Blake, because if I remember correctly, uh, right before you, you said, I'm going to go with my gut and, and pick yeah. Blake. Uh, he made reference to how he kind of compared you singing Angel from Montgomery to, to Miranda, his wife at the time. Yeah. What I thought was interesting was, I remember she was on a show years ago called Nashville Star, and she didn't win. Yeah. Uh-uh. She
3: came Buddy with-
1: Jewel won, but she she did pretty well. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: yeah, she did. She ended up she ended up doing really good. <laughs> yeah. And- there were a couple people that came off that show that actually um, did really well. Like, I think... Chris Young was on there?
1: Yeah, he was.
2: Yeah, so there was a couple different country music stars that are pretty huge that um, came off of that show. So, yeah, Miranda's awesome. I, I love her voice. Yeah, but he
1: but he as as much as he I know he he loved the way she sang that song. I do believe he talked about when you hit that last note some fireworks going off and I think with Team Blake streaming down or something. <laughs>
2: yeah, something funny like that. He yeah. he's comical in that sense. So,
1: <laughs> Yep.
0: He's quick. I,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. He's so quick. Me, on the other hand, I'm like sitting there trying to think like, oh, my God, what is he saying to me right
0: now? Like, <laughs> I'm so nervous. I don't even know how to respond to any of this information. <laughs> yeah, I think when you get nervous, sometimes your hearing turns off.
2: Oh, literally. It was like almost like I went like dark. I was like, what?
0: <laughs> Not too many times that you get a greater feeling than than seeing four people yeah. that are at the top of their game at the top of the industry turn around because they want you and they believe yeah. you. So congratulations
4: thank you so
0: much that, appreciate that. <laughs> now just a few short years after that audra something major happened and your voice was all but silenced in fact mm-hmm. it was about 2018 tell us what happened
2: Yeah. So I, um, you know, right after the voice, I was, of course I was touring a lot. I was doing like a ton of shows. I was doing like a full out NASCAR circuit and then, um, a lot of like small clubs, but like I was singing three, four hour sets and stuff. And and I still do that now, but it's, I I had to learn kind of how to properly, you know, sing and whatnot. Um, I think a lot of it was overuse. And then I remember I started kind of losing my voice and I thought it was just allergies because I'd always suffered Pretty badly with allergies, and um, and it was allergy season. So I remember going to like an just a regular ENT, and he kept saying that I had nodules, but he said just to go on vocal rest. So the same problem kept happening like every couple of weeks. So finally, he sent me to a specialist in uh, Philadelphia to Dr. Sadilov, and they um, you know scoped me and they said that I had a cyst, which cysts are a little bit more invasive than nodules. Um, and they said basically, I mean, we could try vocal therapy, but you're most likely going to have to get this taken on, taken out. And, uh, and I said, well, if I have to get it taken out, I mean, how long will it be until I can possibly sing again? And she was like, to be honest, uh, it could be six months to a year. And I was like, what? And of course me and my dad were crying. I do mean, my, my dad never cries. He was like, what, what, what do you mean? Like, what is she going to do? Like, and it was just really hard to adjust to that, that realization that like, wow, like, I don't even know if I'm ever going to get my voice back the way that, um, you know, that it was before kind of thing. So it was very traumatic. Um, I mean, I know things could have been worse and I always do say that, but I mean, when you take away something that you love so much, like it's part of you, you know? Um, so that whole year was like, I had to go to therapy like three times a week and speech there. So speech therapy and vocal therapy to basically get my strength. And then at home, I had to do ton of different exercises. Like it was crazy. Like it was basically I watched probably every show on Netflix. <laughs> like, I think I became like the top leading person to watch Netflix that particular year. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I think it gave me a lot of time to sort of like reflect and realize how important it is to take care of your voice because a lot of times you know you get out doing touring and stuff and you're up late at night and you're not getting the the right rest you need and you're not using your voice properly and you're not utilizing the the time that you need to as far as vocal rest and I think more than ever that that's a lot of what I've learned is when I start to feel that my voice is just fatigued and I don't have a show that day I just shut it down for the rest of the day and I just kind of chill and stay hydrated and put a movie on or something like that and kind of just you know just chill out so yeah that was crazy that was a miserable time for sure (laughs) I hope I never have
0: to go through that again (laughs) we hope not too yeah
2: I always do say I I think it it was a good good thing at the time when it happened because I wasn't doing a lot of what I'm doing now like I, I wasn't as busy like I would say at that particular year um like things that's kind of slowed down a little bit so it kind of happened at a at a decent time because i was getting ready to move to nashville that year and then i basically said you know what i'm just gonna wait until i re- fully recover and then move to nashville
1: audrey we uh let's face it you know you talked earlier about you know the local connection and you know we love a good comeback story we love a good underdog story and and, and yeah. kudos to you for i mean like you said they you almost lost that that gift, that ability to do, you know, what you love to do. And I'm just, I'm so glad you shared that because to me, I appreciate you now even more, you know, knowing oh, you. You went through that and came back. And, you know, I want to get back to that local piece just for a second, because you live in Nashville now, but uh-huh. as Rosie mentioned in your introduction, you're from Glen Olden, or which is part of Delco or County, Del- oh. <laughs> And that's something you and I have in common. Oh, um, yeah. And what I know is for years, those of us from Delco, we've been kind of the brunt of a lot of jokes from comedians in different places. They make fun of the way we talk and the way we oh. say water, uh, you know, yeah. things like that. But oh, yeah. I also know that people born and raised in that suburban Philadelphia area known as Delco have a lot of pride. So I want oh. to ask you what does being from Delco mean to you?
2: Oh man, um, like you said, I think the pride and, and just the overall, just our city in general, I feel like even like with all of our sports and like everything like that, I just feel like I just love the energy. I mean, I'm a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan and I, I love all my Philly sports teams and I just, I love the pride behind that. And also, you know, even just looking back on when I was on The Voice, I mean, the support that I had, you know, at, during that time and even still to this day is just so amazing to me because these people are so loyal. And they just, they, they continue to come to shows and they continue to share my stuff on Facebook and, and communicate with me. And they're just so kind, you know, and that's that's like the biggest thing I think with Delco is that, you know, it's it's just that that cool kind of like, I don't know, I just, I, it's one of those things that's hard to describe when it's your hometown. It's like, it's just so nice to have that love and support from so many people through the years. And, um, and you know, it's just, it, it's super cool to, to, you know, grow up grow up there so I was definitely happy that uh you know that I got to grow up in such a great great town around a lot of great people so
0: well you've done your hometown proud no question about that
2: (laughs) I appreciate that
0: (laughs) well we have a lot more to talk to the lovely Audra about and she's even going to sing for us a little later but now it's time for 60 seconds with coach Lombardi take it away coach
4: I'm loving this interview, Rosie and Bill. Thanks for letting me jump in. So you may have heard me talk about the blue zones of the world where people live to be well over 100 years old. Now, one common denominator is that they naturally do over 12,000 steps a day, and that's with no structured or planned exercise. Now, for those of us with busy schedules or maybe we live in a city, here's a few ways to hit at least 10,000 of those 12,000 steps in your daily routine. The first one is to invest in an Apple Watch, a Fitbit, or even use an app on your phone and make sure it's always with you so you can track all your movement. Number two is always take the stairs instead of elevators. I know that seems obvious, but even if you take an escalator, walk up. Number three is since most of us are working from home, pace the house if you're talking on the phone. This is one of my favorites. You will rack up a good 2,000 to 4,000 steps on your calls. And number four, if you have a dog, which I hope you do, walk her every morning first thing and again at night. And you'll be amazed at how many extra steps you'll accumulate just by adding that morning walk. Okay, that's it for today. And if you have a question, be sure to email it to the address below and I promise to answer it. I'm Coach Lombardi for the Rosie and Bill Show. Back to you guys. Coach, thanks
0: so much. We always love listening to all the new tips that you have, and they're really, really helpful. And now, Audra, we're going to go back down south to Nashville because earlier this year, we understand that you signed a a publishing and production deal with some pretty heavy hitters, and you're also collaborating on a new EP. Talk to us about who you're working with and, and what's your writing process like?
2: Yeah, so um, back in February, like right before the pandemic hit, um, I was writing a lot with um, Johnny Garcia, who um, is music director for uh, Trisha Yearwood and also lead guitarist for Garth Brooks for over 30 years, and then also Jimmy Mattingly, who has been playing fiddle for Garth Brooks and Trisha for the last 30 years. Uh, so it was crazy because I, I got connected with them through my vocal coach, Katie Hendricks, who I know we will talk about that on a separate proje- um, separate, um thing but um she had basically needed me to do some demo work and went through Jimmy and Jimmy heard my voice and was like wow I love your voice like I I ought to introduce you to Johnny and maybe we can do some writing and stuff together so it kind of just started that like just like building that friendship and that relationship kind of thing um which is really important in Nashville and just anywhere in any business and um we kind of just like really bonded in the writing process and they kind of just started asking me like, Hey, what do you really got going on? Like with your career right now? Like, are you under management or, you know, do you have any type of booking agent or or anything like that? I was like, no, I literally just um, parted ways with a, with an old manager and and I'm kind of sort of independent at this point. And they were like, well, why don't we talk about maybe sort of signing you to like a co-publishing deal um, where basically we can produce you and also, you know, right. You can be a part of the writing process as well as that. And, um, and then eventually we can kind of move to the next step as far as pitching you and stuff like that. So um, that was super cool. I mean, me and my, my family and I were super excited about that because that was my first ever kind of situation like that since the voice that was super, super huge for me. Because here's two, two guys that have worked with two of the biggest country artists in country music, And now I get to work with these guys and I mean, they're literally up on stage with like Trisha and Garth, like through the years and it's so crazy. Um, But the writing process, I was telling Bill yesterday when we were talking, it's, it's been sort of like, it's been crazy because we've been doing it over Skype and Zoom. So it was quite of an adjustment because, you know, of course in Nashville, they always say like the magic just happens when you get in the room, you know, in a writer's room or something like that. And for us, like we were in different places, you know, we were all quarantined at our houses, but we still were like, listen, like we just signed this deal. We can't just wait until everything opens back up until we can get in the same room together. So we got to figure out ways to write. Um, so we be- we began scheduling like two or three times a week to just get on Skype or Zoom and just do writing. And, and it was pretty cool because there's so many different apps today that you can use to like record demos and like, they were sending me guitar tracks from Nashville to me and I was doing demos and stuff. So it, it was a pretty interesting um, kind of way to write, but we got kind of used to it and it ended up working out really well for us because I mean, we ended up writing some killer, killer songs that I think will be, um, I'm super excited to hopefully get out there at some
3: point soon,
0: so. That's wonderful. You can't, you're, you're right. You can't wait
3: and just stagnate. You really do have
0: to keep, the yeah. and,
2: and the creative juice is flowing. People in this time do need music in their life, I think.
1: Like, entertainment is so important. I think, Audrey, I, I think that um, people are starving for that kind of entertainment yeah. or release and things. So, you know, uh, and, and that's actually, you know, one of the things I wanna talk about right now is that uh, you, and I was gonna say one of the things I admire about you, but there's there's actually a lot more than one and your determination, your work ethic. You just talked with Rosie about the EP, the writing process, you're out playing and trying to bring some joy and happiness to people. Yeah. But you're also working on a couple other things that you touched on a little bit earlier with with Katie Hendricks, and I wanna get into that now, if we could. Because one of them is a project that I know is involved in a cause that is near and dear to your heart, and then the other, I think it's really cool in terms of a master's class where you're sort of a special example. So let's start with the, the anti-bullying work that you're doing uh, with Katie. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah. So Katie um, Hendricks, I met her about two years ago at a, um, an event and her and
1: I just got to talk
2: and I, it was an event I was supposed to sing at. And um, I noticed that um, <clears throat> she had all these children's books and different things for anti-bullying and, and then her and I got to talking and she said she was also a vocal coach and, and like a rehabilitation vocal coach. So her and I automatically just connected it right away. You know, she just became like a second mom to me. I mean, she's been amazing. I, lo- I love her so much. Um, and right away, you know, when she heard me, she was like, wow, you know, I'd, I'd love to get you involved in some of my, you know, my anti-bullying project called Timmy Tumbley. I would love uh, you to be a part of like the soundtrack, you know, recording the songs and stuff for it. I just feel like, and I said, you know, that's crazy. You said that because like one of my biggest causes that like means so much to me is anti bullying. I said like through the years I've done so many like speeches at different, you know, uh, parks and different bullying events and stuff like that, because, you know, I had a learning disability growing up and I also was bullied because of that. So it, um you know, it just, it always meant a lot to me to kind of get back in that sense of, um, you know, try to remind people that things do get better when you kind of just, I sort of just dove into the music and that was like what brought joy to me, I think. Um, But working with Katie has been, been awesome. And then of course the pandemic stuff happened and we were, she was getting ready to bring some of this stuff to Broadway and um, it was going to be, pretty cool. But, um, you know, of course, Broadway now I think has shut down New York, you know, for a couple, maybe two years or something like that. So we're kind of in pause right now. But we're still sort of, you know, thinking about ways that we can sort of do things through social media and stuff like that to sort of keep people, um, you know, up to date with everything going on. But um, yeah, that's been that's been awesome to be involved, involved with that for sure.
0: And you're also involved in in master classes with her. You're like the voice of her master classes. What is that about?
2: She's um, been a vocal coach for years and years. I mean, she has literally helped so many artists. Um, I wish I can name some of them, but some pretty big, big, heavy, um, heavy hitters that she's worked with, and she has literally, you know, saved their voice. I mean, she has saved my voice. I work with her probably three times a week on um, <clears throat> vocal training and. And just like strengthening and conditioning and stuff like that, because that's so important as a, as a singer, you know. but um we had this idea, well, she had an idea of, you know, this time would be a perfect time to start maybe doing like some skype recordings of of like master classes to kind of have a way for people to keep their voice conditioned and strengthening during this particular time, since a lot of entertainer entertainers. Are not out there performing as much so let's try to come up with with a way to give them a package that they can have at the convenience of wherever they are on the road um and that was the biggest thing because when you're on the road you're so busy so at least if they have this these master classes it's like a different episode each time different vocal techniques different topics different you know like stage fright you know maybe we might talk about stage fright that one day and like how to overcome that or how i overcome came that you know just all these different things that we will discuss in like different episodes, and basically I'm involved yeah, in like kind of showing journey. the techniques to the people. To you know, like over, like she'll kind of tell me to do, do and this and certain you know technique, and then and I'll do it, and then we'll talk about it. With and hey, Audrey, so what happened here in this particular note? And we kind of dive dive in it and dissect. Okay, well, you didn't use your breath support, you know this and that. So it's basically just it's a great package of full out, um, you kind of get everything that you need, you know, for, for the, the road and just anything that has to do with, um, being a singer, you know, and an entertainer.
1: sounds fantastic. I might actually have to sign up for that, uh, myself, <laughs> um, because I, I think in the, in the hard way that, that when you only sing once every three or four years, um, it doesn't work out very well.
2: <laughs> well, you know, we drive it too as, and that's like one of our biggest things too, is like, we're vocal athletes you know, so just like an athlete probably stretches and runs every day or does whatever they do. Um, a a vocalist has to train their voice every day because, you know, yeah, there is days where, you know, you want to have that vocal rest and just kind of, you know, chill out and whatnot. But, um, you know, the days when you're just, when you don't have a show is when the days you should be strengthening and conditioning your voice to, to basically be able to hit those notes and not be like, Oh wait, can I hit it on the spot? Or you know what I mean? Like those types of things. It's like, you don't want to hit a bad note when you're out there live performing. Like you want to have that whole thing prepared. <laughs> so it, it's a, it's pretty cool. It's, it's We're excited about it.
1: Well, it definitely sounds like it's worth folks' time. Um, and, and, you know, definitely to, to work with one of the best, like you said, with Katie. And I actually, I recently watched, I think it's a YouTube video. You're in it. And it's just kind of a demonstration of what you can expect. And, and, yeah. and I, I was you know, pretty impressed just in so that short clip with what I saw. So yeah. clearly a lot of value and a lot of help for folks that are, you know, like you said, that that musical athlete, keeping the voice in shape, which is something that uh, I'm going to work on as soon as we're done this episode, I think a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> in, in the meantime, I had one last question, Audra, that I wanted to ask you. No um, problem. We talked a lot about, you know, how the pandemic and how how that's really kind of impacted things. But when things open back up, what are some of the first things that you look forward to doing? I would like to just, you know, go to a concert.
2: That would be like um, a dream come true. Like just going to see one of my favorite artists or like a country concert. I miss concerts so much. Those are my favorite things to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's really, important and I, I think you're echoing the sentiments of just so many people who are starving for you know we're meant to be together we're not really meant to be isolated the way we are and I think most yeah. people are really handling it quite well and doing the best we can but at some point it will be nice to be able to go to concerts and movie theater. concerts
2: basketball, you know baseball games I love to just go to a baseball game and have a beer and a hot dog and like chill out I mean, we can't have Talgate something. It's like, you know, I miss going to Eagles games and I, I miss, you know, sport, like sports, how they, I know they're on, but it's not the same, you know, like our, especially with us being from Philadelphia, like we know our fans, like we thrive, like our, our sports players thrive up of our fans, you know? So I look forward to all those things. Once things kind of, you know, hopefully they get a vaccine and um, you know, we can,
0: get to that point someday. (laughs) So I pray for that. (laughs) We do too, for sure. Well, Audra, this has been just so wonderful to hear your story and and your comeback and everything that you're doing to keep your music out there in front of your fans and people definitely need to hear your voice. So we thank you for, for being on the show. And on those lines, would you like to close out the show today with a song? sure i would love that okay. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen audrey mclaughlin
3: this song is called no never i know you look at me sometimes me